0: Content warning. The following programme will contain adult subject matter and language that some people may find offensive. If you are annoyed by things like this, this is probably not the show for you. For everyone else, here's the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Previously on AFTN...
0: It was kind of bizarre because we were just allowed to wander into the Sounders locker room afterwards. So I got showered with beer at one point. <laughs> I made a mistake of you weren't wearing a rain jacket. I was walking past Ladero as someone in, uh, emptied a can of Heineken over his head. Bad timing. It, it was it was cool. It was exciting, but it felt so weird to kind of be in yeah. there because it's a rival and you're in the locker room celebrating a, a, a big thing. You were you celebrating? celebrating? Maybe. <laughs> I, I maybe said, yay, one <laughs> or two points. Oh no.
2: aren't our smiles and sunshine.
0: The Germans? Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. Listen for the crickets, grab your man's shaft, and get ready for a clinic. It's another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Bender, and I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. This is episode 367. Technically, because we've got 33 extra podcasts that we've brought out now, this is kind of episode 400. But we won't celebrate. We'll, we'll save that till we reach the proper 400. But thank you for listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's live, whether it's on the podcast. Guten Tag, meine Damen und Herren. Yes, we've come over a little German this episode. His name's Hans, he wasn't very happy about it, but we've cleaned him off and he's gone home. Everything's all going to be good because the Whitecaps have their new sporting director. 46-year-old Axel Schuster. Will it be Vancouver, Vancouver, Uber, Alice? In 2020 and beyond. Well, he has already pointed out he isn't Harry Potter. He has got the glasses. Harry Potter's aged a bit. And let's be honest, if he was Harry Potter, he would deny being Harry Potter. First rule of Harry Potter is you don't admit to being Harry Potter.
2: Especially if you're facing LAFC.
0: Especially with Bob Bradley Voldemort in the league. I mean, you would not admit to being Harry Potter. But... We're going to be doing our AFT in bingo, now that we've got uh, a German in charge, so we'll be talking about car axles, Curtis Axel, that's going to be one for Steve and me, he's a wrestler. I don't Actually, think get mentioned very much. <laughs> no. Talking of, of wrestling, though. I don't, why, were we? <laughs> well, Curtis Axel. Okay. I've always hoped, watching football over the years, like my wife doesn't like football, so I've always hoped that watching football over the years, it would kind of have osmosis and she'd start to like it. No. Wrestling, though, I was watching AEW the other night and Michael Naka, Naka, Nakazawa was on and Caitlin goes, oh, that's the guy with the baby oil. Stunning. Yeah. And then when that's Orange Cassidy recall. appeared, just like, oh, Orange Cassidy. I don't know what's happened to her, but I like it. But yeah, we'll be doing our AFT in bingo. We'll be talking about how my granny was bombed in the war. We've already had our man shaft mentioned. Maybe we'll bring out our missing Alpine Club episode as well. <laughs>
2: Well it wasn't missing, it's been
0: heavily edited. Yes. It was Actually, decla maybe it'll be declassified
3: you, at some point. You're you're really good at editing. I, I listened to parts of last week's show.
0: Always good with the edit. Yeah. But we're gonna kick off this part by looking at the new White Cat Sporting Director, Axel Schuster. He was in the Whitecaps' final three candidates, a bit like The Apprentice, except without Donald Trump or Alan Sugar. So he was in the top three they mentioned. MDS said uh, that as soon as he kind of had the meeting, he felt a strong connection with him. Um, Just his openness on how he views the game, how a club should play, how they profile players and coaches and just his his general experience in, in football. He was MDS's number one choice. Everyone else on the death panel felt the same. And Schuster was the man that was appointed. And initial thoughts on the appointment. Glad it finally has Yeah, happened. it's it's
2: good that it's happened. The last, now nobody needs to ask about it. And we can get going on the actual building of the team. Um, A little later than I would have liked. Yeah.
0: Eight but, years, but still.
2: But it's still... Um, and and the thing is, a lot of people saying that he, you know, he didn't really say much in the interview, in the in the introductory press conference. But how much is he going to say? Well, he
0: It he, said a lot. No, but it was no. Much. Well, yeah, yeah was he going to lay out his plan yeah. exactly? No, you don't do that no. <laughs> because nobody does I mean, does that. he'll have his master plan. Yeah. And the Whitecaps will will look to adopt what he wants to to put into place. But he's got experience from German football. He's been with Mainz. He's been with Schalke that's great he's had european competition experience i have a couple of major concerns and one of them is that he has never been a sporting director before he's worked a lot as christian heidel's right-hand man now my knowledge of german football is basically nil so it's a good job we have a german expert on the show yeah i knew if we kept doing this at some point (laughs) zach would come in helpful yeah. And here, this is, his, this is his time to shine. Yeah, expert would be a strong. Tell team. us your thoughts on the footballing style and philosophy of Mainz and Schalke. In, oh, in 20 seconds. Yeah, that's no, Schuster was asked to answer. Well, question.
3: Mainz is a, is a small club. I and mean, as you, he talked about it, but Mainz is a small club that needed stabilizing, that needed to recognize their place in the footballing. Uh, food chain in Germany and they've done really well at um, establishing themselves as uh, a consistent Bundesliga team as opposed to uh, a team not in the Bundesliga or yo-yo club Um, and yeah they've been kind of like a mainstay and then they've brought through players that have had uh, that have made significant contributions to well, obviously their club and moved on Uh, one that um Stands out that people would know is... Uh, oh, man, now I'm losing his name. He dated a girl from Vancouver for a while. Uh, World Cup winner with Germany. André Schürrle uh, oh. was a part of their setup at at, at, at one point. Um, they're not at a, at a high point right now uh, in terms of w- kind of where things are at, but they have brought through some good players. Um, Schalke is going to be the team that more folks are familiar Sch- with. But Schalke, has, his European. role is far... His time there was less. less. His, yeah. Three seasons, I think. His role was not as, in some ways, not as significant. Maybe, but he Schalke is Schalke is a massive club. People don't understand it here. Schalke is only until not that long ago was the second. Like because clubs in Germany are they're, they're members. This is a membership thing. Yeah, they were the behind Bayern for years and years and years. Only not that long ago did dormant overtake them in terms of membership numbers and dormant of course is their main rival in the in the Ruhr valley there um so it's a massive massive club which is uh, you know had some hi- highlights i think it was the 97 euro uh uefa cup that they won um uh they've had a couple other a couple years ago when neuer was still there before he came to Bayern. he they had a run to like i think the Quarterfinals or semi-final of the Champions League, like they've done so, but they are a massive club in Germany. It's, it's yeah, I think
0: a- he said top three in terms of membership, and possibly yeah. he said top twenty overall in Europe. So, coming for a big club, it, it makes you wonder just what was so appealing about the Vancouver Whitecaps job to make him leave that? Is it the chance for him to finally be a sporting director and be his own man and not be the right hand man? Maybe,
2: possibly, or is just that he could. Like, he, I think he mentioned at one point in the press conference, he was very intrigued by the way MLS works and everything like that. This is a yeah, maybe he's been to Vancouver, he loves the area and stuff like that. Maybe
0: what just wants to change the scenery could be. And I, I wasn't able to make the press conference on Friday, it was announced really late on Thursday, and I couldn't sort out to get that amount of time off work at, at such short notice. So there was a couple of, of questions I would have liked to have asked, but hopefully we'll get a chance to, to sit down with Axon and, and we'll have a chat with him. But that is one of my other concerns is the fact his knowledge of MLS or his experience in MLS is non-existent. But he has Jeff, got a knowledge. He's got Jeff he's got, he's got Jeff Anderson, who sounds like a real stand-up guy. And I don't know why we haven't heard from him before, but yeah. I mean, I... I looking forward He's behind the scenes really deep behind the scenes deep <laughs> yeah. cover that was one of my favourite parts Did, I think of sir was Christmas the one. you said that he was a top three candidate yeah they said that they'd narrowed down there was 45 or 46 people and Nolan Partners had oh. narrowed it down to a top three because the supporters were told he was the top candidate well he he was their number one choice but initially no well, talking, it they to it went to a final three, three yeah. yeah it's very different over here than it is in Europe and let's be honest, the Whitecaps are a very different run organisation than a number of, of top clubs as well. So it's it's fine with him coming over and he's going to have all these ideas. But once he is in and he said he knows all about Tam and Gam and designated players and all that, knowing about it and then having the constraints, which Mark DeSantis talked about, I, I wrote an article with based on the chat that we had in Marty Santos a couple of weeks ago, which MLS edited out the bit where he said that MLS was like a prison and how difficult it was to sign players within the league. That Those three paragraphs got completely cut from the article. But it is difficult to make things happen, and we're going to talk about how quiet the Whitecaps were in this initial transfer window. But there are a lot of things that go in his favour, and one of them, as you alluded to there, is Mainz and the Whitecaps. Very, very similar in a number of ways, And let's just hear a little bit, actually, from Frey's press conference of what Axel Schuster said about that.
4: I said to him already in London, as we met, the the whole situation here and everything we want to do within the next years reminds me a little bit on the situation in Mainz. Um, Mainz was less, uh, not that good developed at that moment I was there, like this club. This club is some steps ahead. But, of course, we are in another competition here, right? Uh, here now. Um, but it was nearly the same. We, we have been a very small club. Um, there have been some others who spend more money, who seems to be bigger, more attractive, or everything. And, and we, we thought about how we can be successful in, in, this, in this league, how we can improve. And we, we, we find good ways to do that. The first thing was to define ourselves for a developing club, for a club that uh, makes transitions for players, to to be a step on the ladder uh, in the development of players, and then to find the right profiles who are ready to come to Mainz to make the next step to leave to a bigger club. And then with that, to regenerate money, to, to invest again in the team. And we have been very straight with our decisions, um, we have been very successful, um, because I think sometimes we, we had to make hard decisions and not everybody likes the decisions, but we always trust that it is the right way. And so I think it is a little bit comparable to this situation, the club had its worst season ever in the last season, I don't know ever, <laughs> no, okay. not, not everyone knows. but uh, and. We now have to make progress. That is what I said. I want to make step-by-step development with sustainability. And that is also something we always did in mind. We said we don't want to overpace. We don't want to, to reach us two or three steps in once yeah. with the danger to fall back again. So, and we had to build up everything there. And we have not been a big group, and we have been uh, only good people with good energy. And this is also something I found here as well. A lot of people with, with passion and energy for this job, for this club, all of them want to make it happen. All of them gives a little bit more than a normal employee gives, even after such a, a year last year. And, and now it is up to us to, to find the right st- strategy and to, to find the right pathway to bring all the energy together. Then we have to make some right decisions and to, to move on step by step. And in Mainz, we we developed everything. We had no scart- scouting department. We had not even scouts. As I I started in Mainz, I have been uh, uh, one of three employees who was not a player or a coach. There was nothing more. If I, uh, this club is on a much higher level right now, but we also have to go all the steps. And and yeah, we will put tar- on high targets. But I hope everybody accept, understand, and I hope to you. Can can give that to the people, that I'm not Harry Potter. Uh, I cannot make magical things, but I want that everybody understand and also see the result that we are making development and progress.
0: So Axel Schuster, there just talking about the similarities with mines. Now, I, I think it's a good appointment and. There's been a, I think, a mostly positive reaction to him. He's very highly thought of by a number of people. There's always going to be some people that think, oh, he was just Christian Heidel's second in command. But at some point, you have to venture out. I think this is quite a risk for him as well. But you know to what? Do this. But there's been he's, a number of the
2: pedigree. Yeah, there's been a number of people that were number twos. You know, if he was a number two in t- certain teams that were successful. That moved on and became successful in their own part. Yeah, it's not a the new thing where you need to have a number one from somewhere else coming into your team. You it happened a number of times in
3: many sports. I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about him having worked with someone, partnered with someone, whatever, run the show with someone else. The uh, you know, I'm sure he whether he was hands on in all the decision making, whatever. That to me, that's not the end of the world. Yeah, but. I, I don't know if we can talk about what we were just talking about before, mm. but like, so you joking about me being a German football expert, which I'm not, I just, I'm really passionate about it, but someone who is uh, highly connected in the German football community is Man- Manu. Manu I, and I know from he, Pro Soccer USA. And I know he's, I, I, I haven't read everything he said, but I know he's expressed concerns over the, the way in which Axel is kind of viewed in... In Germany, right? In terms of like, he's not super like. He's this he's not a shooting star in Germany, right? Like he's not like touted as
0: like being this like. Which could explain why he wants to branch out totally, outside totally, of Germany. Totally,
3: but it's not. It's not like they're bringing in like a like a Ralph Rangnick or or Julian Julian, Jag, Julian Jagels, or Nagelsmann, right? Like they're not bringing yeah. one of these like and shooting stars coming. in German No, I know, but yeah. it's not like they're, they've unearthed someone who
2: yeah. I think ultimately, Maybe they have or somebody yeah, who well, hasn't yeah. had a chance in Germany. Now he's going to get a chance.
0: And it's a whole different nature and a whole different game over here. Yeah. And ultimately, he's going to be judged for the results on the pitch yep. and the results of the players that he brought in. And he talked about the kind of player model he'd like. And it's, it's what the Caps have been preaching for years but have failed to deliver, mm-hmm. which is develop some guys through the academy and... Break some into the first team, sell some on, use that money to reinvest. Bring in players that use the white caps as a stepping stone. Yep. And we've tried that before and it hasn't worked. No. But the one thing
2: I really liked about what I heard, and this was even before the press conference, about the way they made Mines uh, a family atmosphere, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. That's what it was. a lot of people mentioned. That it was like it was like you, you were treated like family there. Yeah. That's something the white caps desperately need, especially at the academy level. Yeah. Because there's been the a number of seasons as There's well. been a number of times and I'm not even talking about the scandal part of it. I'm talking about the way they've treated some of the young players, yeah. making them uh certain years sign these deals that you have to sign this or you're you might as well leave or something. One player in particular, I think Liam Fraser comes to mind. Uh that yeah, he might hasn't have gone got through that. To say yeah, and, and there's here. a number of players who were but expedited out of the academy. They might have come back, but they expedited it at one point, and it, it wasn't a good thing for them. They need to treat people like like it is like
3: that. And that is like that is uh you see that in German football, like yeah. club that that image is often used by clubs in Germany. Like Bayern uses that. They mm-hmm. talk about themselves as being a family. People who come and go from there say like this is this is my family. I will always have a, a connection here, both players and staff and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I totally agree agree with you. That is one of the greatest failings of this of, of the white caps as an organization is their is their perceived culture, yeah
2: yeah, and the thing is kids like really quickly, the kids that have entitlement they say always have entitlement instead of shipping them off or getting rid of them, sit them down, have a seat with them, let them know what you 're expecting and stuff, or maybe you do it at a very young age, so let them know you 're going to feel like you're better than everybody else, but we need you to go through this process, they need to start that at a younger age instead of like all of a sudden somebody like you know, rises and yeah. then all of a sudden they think they're
0: the greatest player ever. I think in recent years it hasn't been as bad as it has maybe been in the past, but... But there's still signs there's of it. There's definitely signs of that. Yeah. And it talked about that, and I, I wrote a piece for MLS this week based on what Axel said at the, the press conference. And I was possibly going to play that, but I don't think we'll, we'll play that just now. But he was basically talking about How he wants to bring the players from the academy and do what you sit down and make a career plan with them. And we need to get a better breakthrough of players into the first team, not just signing them, but actually making the grade. And he talked about the importance of loaning them out. And I think with what MDS has said and what Schuster has said, they're going to be a big focus on doing something better than this under 23 development model for these guys next year. And it's not just about Academy Guys though, it's the big guys that he's going to bring in, the difference makers. And he talked about how he had to kind of basically be a ghost this year in the last couple of weeks because he couldn't announce that he was yeah. doing this. But he has kind of reached out to some contacts. MDS has kind of alluded still that he's looking to add some pieces by mid-December that are going to be key, key pieces. And right now... You've got Mark DeSantis and Greg Anderson are going to report what about to... What Jeff? I don't know who Jeff reports to, but they're going to report to Axel Schuster. And Axel said that if they're looking at bringing in a player, it's going to be, have to be two yeses, one from Mark and one from Axel. If one wants and the other doesn't, then they're not going to do that. And Mark and I talked about, they've already talked about some players and they're both on the same page. Now, one of the questions I would have liked to have asked if I had been there... And if we sit down with him, I'll ask this. Or to Jeff Mallet, how is the committee working now? Is it just going to be Mark and Axel that have the decisions on the players? Or do they still have to go through this committee? Because that's concerning to me if they do. Well, I
3: think the committee was more about finances, right? So in finances the past,
0: and a high tier player
3: yeah, that never actually came, w- which, still, which was yeah. connected to finances. Because in the past, the. This is – it's funny because <laughs> this approach that you just talked about, Michael, is very different than the the standard line before of, oh, the coach picks the players. The coach picks over and over again. But the, but the, there was never fully owning up of how you, how the coach was limited in the players he could pick. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see that that structure is changing a bit. But whether it's the owners or the football committee or whoever, they are still going to be like setting the budgets or whatever. Yeah. Right? We- like
0: – He's coming from a European mindset, and we've seen it before when Paul Barber was here. at ruffled some feathers in the front office. So, I mean, I'm optimistic about this, but with with Schuster and DeSantis there, I really do feel genuine optimism about about the club and the direction it could go. The shackles have to be off, though. They (laughs) have to be allowed to do stuff, and if they piss people off along the way, that's good.
3: Yeah. So ultimately, Axel Schuster will be his – if he's viewed as a a positive or a negative in terms of his time in Vancouver, will obviously, yeah, be connected to results and how the the first team does on the pitch and all that kind of stuff, which will be, you think, related to the players he helps bring in or brings in or whatever. But really, the real big question, and this is being – has been just decided or is being decided now, is the freedom and the control that he's given. Yes. If he's not given true control, he'll be like Barber and he won't stay long. Oh no, he will walk. Yeah. You can tell that now. So, so that
0: and that's going to be interesting to, to you see. You have to think he's been promised this control. You think you think so? Because but, I, I don't think there's any way he would have taken it without it.
3: But I agree with you. This is a potential for the Vancouver to turn a corner. Yeah.
0: It, 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 it's genuinely exciting. I do and I know I've Said it in jest, but I do mean it. It's so many years late. This oh, should have been yeah. so, so long ago. Well, so ago. many other coaches have asked for this. And if Barber had maybe, if it had worked out better with Barber, we might have been in a completely different position just now. Don't think we'd have been top 25 in the world, but we might have been somewhere. But MDS talked about how he can finally focus 100% on his job as a head coach. And I like this quote when he said, and have the confidence that other people are doing their job. Now you can you can read into that. Maybe I'm just taking that out of context No, but he said I don't, it. No. I he mean al-
3: he, he's not the first coach to question yes. people's competencies. He also their, said that job. this
0: is a normal thing for a football club. And this this is me putting words into his mouth here. But he said like the hiring of a sporting director, it shouldn't basically be a big deal that folk are making it out to be. Because this is just standard practice in football clubs around the world. It is needed to take this club forward. And how important this is in the global game was stressed and that another quote, everybody has to do their job right. Mallet mentioned it, MDS reiterated it. He's been pushing for this since he started. It's taken him a season to get it. He also said he wants a head of recruitment. Mark Weber tweeted out on Saturday that he's heard there's a CEO coming in, so that's kind of interesting. But the pressure is definitely on Axel Schuster to deliver, MDS as well. To deliver quickly, and we talked about this with Mark about this whole season ticket thing and the the fact that they've got until January 30th that fans can cancel their season tickets if they're not happy with the direction the club is going. Axel Schuster was asked about that at the press conference on Friday. Here's what he had to say about it.
4: I said to the owners, uh, I am only the right person if they if they are okay with that. That I don't want to change something in principle. I want to make a, a step-by-step development on an existing basis here. And um, and we want to push everybody hard in this club uh, to to make now the right decisions to to reach the first target, to make the first step. Uh, of course, it's, uh, we are already in the middle of a transfer period, even if the window opened open at January, but everybody is, is still, Mark and his team have been traveling around a lot. Um, So we are not, we are not comfort with time. Uh, So we have to to start immediately and we have to find the right decisions. So this will be the biggest challenge right now because uh, I I want everybody to see process and I want to sit together with you in one year um, that there's one thing that you agree with me that there have been process and there have been a development um, and i don't speak about targets i only speak about the first steps and okay we have to to make the right transfers right now in and out out doesn't always mean that the player is not good player but maybe he do not do not fit the philosophy and we have to, to find the, the exact right profiles to to come in to be short of time and a little bit under pressure is not always the best uh, advisor um, but, but, yeah, I'm optimistic that we, that we do
5: a good job. That is the biggest challenge right now. Just a follow up for Mr. Schuster the club has come out and announced, I believe it was a couple months ago, that I believe the date was January 30th, where if the fans weren't content with what they saw in the transfer in the off season market, um, that they could um, renew or not renew, um, go back on their season ticket renewals. Have you ever seen anything like that, uh, Mr. Schuster, and how do you approach that, knowing that there is a little bit of extra pressure involved? I don't think so
4: that I have seen something like that. But uh um yes. I I have not been part of this uh, this decision and uh but I I I'm good with every decision that has been made in the last months and uh I I have my own idea uh, about what we have to do to get the the, the fans back.
0: Axel Schuster there just talking, as he said, you have to make the right transfers now, both in and out, which I thought was quite interesting. Time isn't in the favour in some regards, and I I do think it's ridiculous. I know why the club have done the season ticket holders pledge, because they could have had a mass cancellations in September, and that wouldn't have helped anyone. They might not publicly be saying they're really pissed off, but you've got to say behind the scenes they are both... Schuster and Desantis are going to be pissed off, and oh, yeah. rightly so as well. It's undue pressure on them to deliver. Mark's talked about he sees the club being better in three transfer windows for for one thing, which does not, which, not jive with that. No, yeah. Schuster just arrived. We're coming up for Christmas. The actual transfer window doesn't open until February, so it's all a bit weird. But if they can land some players, the we're going to talk about the MLS trade window in the next part. It's reopening again this week. If they can. Do a big trade within the league that some of the other clubs have done. That might help as well. But definitely pressure on them. They both strike me, DeSantis and Schuster, as two guys, though, that are going to thrive, I think, on this this pressure to deliver. Let's just hope they do. But we'll be back talking a little bit more Whitecaps and then into some MLS
4: chat after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
0: Herman Loves Pauline, from one of the best bands to come out of Wales, Super Furry Animals. One of my all-time favourite bands, seen them a lot. Released in 1997 from their second album, Radiator, reached number 26 in the UK charts. It's a song about Albert Einstein and his parents, Herman and Pauline, who made love and gave birth to a little German. Yes, we're keeping the German things going here in the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. We'll have some more German music coming up later. We'll also be talking about a player who is doing better playing in Germany than maybe for his national team. But we'll come to that in part three. I'm sure you can maybe guess who it is. This part, we're going to look at Whitecaps and MLS. And in Whitecaps land, there was the sound of crickets in this first MLS transfer window. We built it up. I built it up. Last week that I was expecting some action. I was wrong. I'll put my hand up. I was quite disappointed. I thought something would happen. MDS had talked about how difficult it is to get deals done in MLS and you can get players cheaper elsewhere. MLS disagrees. Yes, (laughs) very much so. It is a prison. A prison made of gold. (laughs) He does hope to have some pieces announced by mid-December, so whether there'll be some within MLS, we'll soon find out. The next MLS trade window opens on Tuesday the 19th after the expansion draft, which we'll come to later in this part. Whether the Whitecaps are going to make some big splashes before the end of the year, I guess we'll wait and see. It's sounding like there's one DP coming in. No buy downs, just one DP coming in. Okay. So, just from what he said, I feel it's a striker. I feel it's someone from Argentina. It
2: has to be a striker because they're really weak in that spot, especially if uh, some other players if, go.
0: If they bring in a the DP,
3: you they, they have till like March 1st or whatever to. Sort out who's the DP, who's not, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Plus they, oh they lost, they can, they lost uh, What's his name? Joaquin. Yes, so they've, they've got a yeah, spot right.
2: just now, and but and also in the summer they can buy down somebody in the summer, I believe, right? Don't can't they or no? Well, the, the, oh, they all, change
0: the rules. Well, with the with the rules just now, and with the transfers paid, the two DPs we have can't get bought down. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. But things could change okay. the thresholds for yeah. gam and. Young designated players and, and all that kind of stuff Who knows if there's even going to be a season To, to kick things off The only real transfer rumour That came out this week was late in the week And it concerned Daniel Henry Being sold to an Asian club Nice and vague I don't know if it's the Chinese club That we've always talked about in the show Or if it's another Asian club But Henry got injured In What was not a great performance for for Canada on Friday night, Bob, did this could that how, derail
2: it? Did they mention how serious the injury was? Or, no, know?
0: I haven't actually heard anything out of it. It looked possibly hamstringy, but I mean that could derail this. Yeah, we haven't when, picked his option up, depends so we might on have when, to now pick his option up. The
2: thing is, it depends on when their season starts too. Who the whatever league he goes to. True. So there might yeah, be enough might, time. It might not be that and, impactful. But. And, and believe me, football clubs aren't as panicky as you when it comes to injuries. Of oh, the I get very panicky. Yeah, you you had, uh, I think Sam Addick would be career ending on uh, a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Well, career. Canadian career ending, possibly, because John Hedman was talking about why he wasn't playing him at left back. But again, we'll come to that in the next part. Henry's transfer is either signalling that we're going to be bringing an experienced centre-back in because we don't have experience back there, although MDS did tell us a couple of weeks ago what he class as experience. He feels like Godoy and Cornelius will have experience in MLS, so he classes them as being experienced. And if we do sign Godoy, he has been playing since he was an 18-year-old in Argentina, so there's a lot of experience. The other option of course, is going three at the back. And to to, to do that, I think you need to have a, a strong pool of centre-backs. But 4-3-3 does seem to possibly be the, the way that MDS is indicating he maybe wants his team to play. It's like it's the way he likes to go. Yeah. We've got Kamiri. I'm going to hopefully... I had a chat with Jasa Kamiri before the White Cats finished their training, which I've been holding back just to get some of the other stuff out of the way. So I hope to run that this week. It was a fun chat with him. One other, talking of loan deals in Godoy, we haven't heard about that, but Michael knows there was a, an article that came out, I don't know if it was in the Honduran press or whatever. I think where, it was Honduran press. But he said he doesn't want to be part of another loan deal. So the White Caps are either going to have to pull the trigger now on him or walk away from it. And the indication earlier from some rumours that were out there was they were looking to possibly have another loan deal. So whether he comes back or not, did we see enough to pay a transfer fee and make him a no. permit
2: I, I don't think I think there's g- g- other good players out there I, I that agree. I think they can get I he don't showed th- flashes yeah I mean, we've had pressure, enough but
0: wingers that have just shown flashes they need
2: somebody that can really be um, in there I think it was strikers actually that was shown flashes before. more possible
0: <laughs> not enough in some cases <clears throat> so the Whitecaps may not have been busy in the transfer window but others were big big move a player I would have quite liked to have seen here. How he would have fitted into MDS's ideas, who knows. But Darwin Cantero he has added to Houston Dynamo's already stacked attack. <laughs> or repla- put it
2: lightly. Or replacing somebody that might yeah, be gone. Yeah, you have to feel someone's text. moving on yeah. from
0: there. Because maybe, maybe we can make a bid for one of their leftover guys. Mm. Minnesota got Marlon Hairston which was a bizarre one to get back, and some Tam and Gam. And then they didn't even protect Hairston in the expansion, expansion draft. draft yeah. They're going to get Tam and Gam over the next two seasons. You look at that Dynamo attack and it's crazy. They need to focus on their defence because I think they showed this year it's fine having these attackers. Yeah. You can't keep the ball out the net. You're not going to be a playoff the, team. The problem
2: with their... Um, uh, we really talking about, oh, Darren Guterra, what a huge addition. The guy didn't play in the playoff game. He had a some. falling out, though. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah. that's not a good time for your star player to have a falling out. Yeah. That's probably why he's not there. So I don't see it as being... It could be a positive for Minnesota down the road, and it might yeah. bite
0: Houston again. You don't if know just how, how disruptive he yeah, may have been exactly. at, or what it was all about, but yeah. It is
3: unfortunate because he is such a difference maker when he's on. Oh, yeah. for sure. He's a quality player. Saw so it the opening game. I don't, I, don't know how, yeah. I don't know how he would actually fit in if you. Yeah, that's, in that's the thing. So... Yeah,
0: maybe I mean,
2: him as a number ten or second striker.
0: Nah. Maybe, I, maybe we'll I'm get, get one of stuff Hou- on Houston's stacked attack, like Kyoto or Minotis or probably not. I can't see Houston willingly giving see, that I to think a Western Elise rival. At least he's probably gone. Yeah. I, I oh, have a feeling yeah. like he'll be gone. I think well, that's he, why they got comparative yeah, moves. Would be the number one side. Yeah. The other big move this week, player wise, was Darlington Nagby. traded from Atlanta to Columbus for $1.05 million in allocation over the next two years and in a, in a spot. Now, that's a big trade. Again, tying in with what MDS said about how crazy it is to get deals done in, in MLS. In a lot of ways, I find this a strange move for Nagby because he's going to such a poor team. But he's going back to Ohio, came through Akron, yeah. reunited with Caleb Porter, yeah. a chance to maybe re-lift this team to former glories and they look to have ambition and their owners are talking about making other additions.
3: Yeah, it's for those who don't know, Porter obviously was his coach in Portland but he was also yeah. his coach at Akron. At Akron well, so yeah. it, I think this is, when is it, when is, what's the timeline for their downtown stadium? Is that a year or two away? I think I it's still, still a year or two away. Because he would be a kind of player that you'd I think could help in terms of engaging the the local communities.
0: I think it's a great pickup for him. It never felt to me, though, that he hit the heights in atlanta that he did in portland but that might just be but because we saw him. A he lot was uh portland.
2: what do you call it a small fish in a big ocean or something yeah. like that, whatever you want to he call did, it he played
0: 33 know. of their forty-four, thirty-three 33 of their 34 league games that this year so i mean he but there was so much talent car. around him that they didn't yeah. need him to be that talented
3: it, it'll be interesting in a year or two or three or whatever to look at this and to see has bezbachenko been able to do work the
0: magic that he worked in toronto yeah and he said they're not done, and I believe yeah. that they're not done. And he, he's the kind of guy that, for me, brings someone like him in as a sporting director that's done it in the league. But Is that his title? I think his yeah, it, It's different. not, yeah. but,
3: but... he's, he's sort yeah, of like a general manager, probably, I yeah. call
0: him there. Maybe we'll bring Tommy Soane back. What was <laughs> to, I was trying to... I meant to look this up. What was Tommy Soane's actual title here again? He was Weasel, technical director, wasn't yeah, something he? Something like that. I uh, think he was technical director
3: which might be why they're going with
0: Sporting <laughs> Yes. Move on from that completely. Because I'd written my MLS article, Whitecaps have never had a Sporting Director before, and then I sent it off, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, what was Tommy Sowan? See,
2: much. and the thing is, Tommy Sowan had experience in MLS, yeah. and, the, and they really yeah. helped him, because he really had that experience. But, but he had dist- 1.0. He, he really destroyed that DC United franchise huh. for a, a yeah, couple he, of years. But yeah, see, he, he was
3: brought in to be the guy who knew the ins and outs of the league, the gammon. And- well, uh, then at yeah. that point, Jeff didn't really know what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, but now
0: Jeff's up to, up to speed, so I mean, that's good. Jeff. there were some departures this week Zlatan has officially gone he said he conquered MLS and uh, we can all go back to watching baseball now it was a fantastic tweet it was. you got to admit that, that I, it was oh, like very... I, I love the guy I think it's entertaining I love him taking digs uh, yeah you're only here to watch me he lit the league up I don't for a minute class his time here as a failure the MLS writers do because he didn't win an MLS Cup. Is that really the be-all and end-all to judging a player? You no. score all those goals. By judging an individual, yeah. you yeah. A... No, can't do be... it all in a... can... like One player cannot carry a team. No. That'd be like saying
3: like Messi is a failure because he's never won a big trophy with Argentina. Right? Yeah. Like He's so done Messi so many came, other things. Say
0: Messi came with the Whitecaps and we didn't have players around him to elevate him. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of goals, but, but we're probably not winning an MLS You
2: Cup. know what? The thing is, the MLS writers would have called Messi a, a failure for not winning a World Cup. Those MLS writers. Yeah. Let's just
3: wait till we get Ronaldo in a couple of years and see what MLS happens. MLS writers, Michael aside, are not really...
0: Oh. I, I've i written three things for them this month I'm like stunned My first thing's in the oh. white cap since April Oh, no, I'm saying you're good with Some of the oh, other people there thanks. There's a few guys that are good Yeah, there's Two a people. few there that really piss me off as well Yes I mean, I Maybe shouldn't go into that <laughs> Now the rumours are that the Galaxy flew to Paris To speak to PSG to get Uruguayan striker Edinson Cavani as his replacement 32 <laughs> years old Guy that gets goals Yeah, but he's not going to be as entertaining he scored at
3: Swangard no, in the u His won't be as good. Huh? He, he scored at Swangard Swong, in the u twenty. Oh, 20s. in the U20s, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was. A, yeah. he,
0: he played at Swangard. I mean, it's, that's a, that's the kind of striker, yeah, I'd love the Whitecaps to go for. It's like, you want to go for an Argentinian, a Uruguayan guys, those guys do well in this league. Cavani, I'm pretty sure in LA, is going to do well as well. He'll be compared to, obviously, Vela the whole time, but I'm sure he can handle that. There was another departure on the coaching side. I was I was a little bit sad to see him go, but it's not exactly unexpected. Chicago coach Velchko Ponovic fired after four years in charge. I thought he would have gone at the end of last year, to be honest. He finished with a record of 41 wins, 37 draws and 58 defeats in 136 matches. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I know what you're going to say next, sir.
3: I'm laughing He really. knows
0: what's coming up. Sir... <laughs> <laughs> He only made the playoffs once. And yeah, and, and that was in 2017. Keep going. They were one and done. <laughs> and he didn't win what? He did not win a World Cup. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. You can edit that out. <laughs> the club spent money. They brought in some big players, yes, yes. Bastian Schweinsteiger. They spent money on some key personnel, and he couldn't get them into the playoffs. I really thought he would have gone in 2018 I was surprised they gave him the extra year
3: And yeah, they didn't win the World Cup yeah, So he's gone, Schweinsteiger's gone uh, Dak yeah, McCarty's complete gone rebuild. Nice. He's, The striker's gone too, right? Nimic
0: uh, Nem- no, He's yeah. gone, right?
2: I, I think so Possibly
0: I don't recall him it's, right the it's a team that really needs a good team on the pitch To get the fans in And they are moving, of course They've got new stadiums coming up They're going to Soldier Field that is, a, that is one of the old, the existing clubs of MLS that needs to turn their fortunes around. And Pornovich was a great guy. Whenever he was here, he was so refreshing to speak to. He was a great, open coach. Just about to see him go. But, as one coach goes, another arrives. Or returns to MLS. Thierry, Henri, Titi. Big fan of Titi. Maybe not him, but other TTs, big fan of them. The French ball juggler is in as Montreal Impact's new head coach. Joe Deasy's not going to be a fan no, of No, he's him. not. Oh, right, of course. Two-year deal with a one-year club option. Is he going to get that far? We've got Itchy Trigger, Joey Saputo. Seven bosses, including interim, but seven bosses in eight seasons for the impact is, like, insane. And let's be honest, Henri's time in Monaco oh. was a disaster. Yeah. three months he lasted, twenty games, four wins, five draws, eleven defeats. he was the fans were not happy with him. no and it's one of these things sometimes, just because you're a good player, folk think you're going to be a good manager. that does not always compute yeah. And I think
2: uh, he, he hasn't the, had his introductory press conference yet, right? I no. don't think so.
0: Well there, there was some fun stuff that the French uh, media wanted to speak to him at the airport. Yeah. Yeah, he's and, been there. He's a and the impact said no because partly wait to the press conference but also you don't give you don't cover this team at the best of times, so we're not giving you access now. Yeah. And they got heavily criticized for that. I think that was an Excellent thing for them to do Yeah, and Don't I'd, just show up for this
2: No I would really like Somebody to ask him If he's going to show up To the stadiums <laughs> That have uh, You know Artificial turf oh. If he'll be coaching In those stadiums That's what I really want to know
0: his, He's going to get asked In those stadiums oh, where he yeah. goes and His, he's gonna, his he's comments gonna be, are going to be Fantastic yeah, He's going to be here Next year If he makes a trip That's a, If I interview him That's my yeah. first
2: question What do you think of the turf
0: It's going to be the first time is That everyone's going to flock To speak to the Away coach I think Because no, it's just like they, not the first time. No, there are been, have been other
2: ones. Have
0: not on mass. So I don't well, think. There's been a, don't think this really. been they a show star up. Coach. No,
2: they, when they show up, when they they want to talk to the other players. Yeah, I, yeah. Bro- Bob not Bradley. A lot of people. Oh came yeah, there's yeah. a
0: few turned up for him to be. To be. He fair. stared at. Yelled at. I got him to sign my Harry Potter book, so that was I was pleased <laughs> about that. But people people are excited about Andre's appointment. I genuinely think he is set up to be a flop. Better European managers have come to MLS and failed. Remy Gard had a better resume and failed in Montreal. And he's good at the hokey-cokey. He can put his left arm in and out. (laughs) I'm not sure that he can coach. He does have his, his coaching license. He's got a UEFA Pro license. Proof of the pudding will be in the eating. Let's see how he does. But I am excited about Thierry Henry's appointment in one aspect. I'm bringing Wavelength forward in the show tonight It's not in part 5, we're going to have it now I'm playing a song that I heard years ago I think it's from about 2005 It is a fantastic song It's a reworking of 50 Cent's P-I-M-P It's by a group called Away Boys And it's Thierry Henry P-I-M-P
6: Now if you come on down to you can see Thierry Henry, he is the best player you will ever see. Thierry Henry, have you come on down to Highbury? You can see Thierry Henry, he is the best player you will ever see. Thierry Henry, Henry. he used to play for you, Vade. on down to high break, you can see Thierry Henry, he is the best player you will ever see, Thierry See Thierry Henry, he is the best player you will ever see, Thierry Henry, have have you come on down Thierry you come on down to you can see Henry.
0: He the best you will ever see Henry. Yeah. Now if you come on... Henry, piMP by the way boys that is wavelength for this week I know a lot of people probably never get to wavelength because they maybe turn off before the last part so I like to mix it up and get it into the middle. You really enjoyed that song. I I love that. It's just got a good beat. There was another Thierry Henry song I was trying to find. It was called Dark Thierry Henry, but it's disappeared off the internet. All the sites that had it, YouTube, Spotify, some of the other download sites, it's disappeared for some bizarre reason. But anyway, we were just talking there. One thing that Thierry Henry maybe has got in his favor is he is used to MLS travel and all the stuff about that. And he's going to need to have some good people around him, though, to get around all the negotiations. But I'm pretty sure his name will be marketable from the impact point of view, but maybe to to bring some other players over as well. Just to quickly round this part off with some other MLS news. MLS are possibly suing Nicasa in Mexico over Brian Fernandez after terminating the Portland Timber Strikers contract. According to the CBA... MLS can terminate a player's contract with 24 hours written notice for among other things if the player violates the SABH or is subjected to any penalties for testing positive for a banned substance, for non-compliance, or for refusal to submit to a drug test as required under the SABH which is basically your your health. Yeah, yeah. And substance abuse and stuff. It's the first time the league's acted on that clause. No one's saying exactly what it is that that's done it or why, or why they're suing the Mexican club, or if indeed they are. But Portland have said they're still prepared to help the, the striker get through stuff, which is really nice. He was their record transfer. He scored 10 goals in their first 15 games and then one in the, the next two two months. He didn't have a sniff. Yeah. Well, he did. That yeah. was maybe well, probably, in the helpful. last
2: two months. Um, my guess is that he, they're suing him because possibly they assured him that he was clean yeah. or something like that, and it ended up not being clean, and that's why they because uh, it was fu- maybe it was in the in the in the transfer deal that those kind yeah, of things. Maybe. So maybe.
0: Interesting, anyway. Sticking with Liga MX and MLS news, MLS are holding a press conference on November twentieth in LA, and it's expected that they're going to be announcing an all-star game between players from both leagues. Now, I like that because that is actually going to have a little bit of bite to it, yes. and there's going to be real pride at stake. And I think the and players the f- will be more up for it. And than the thing, a thing
2: is, I think both. Leagues are in the kind of the middle season or somewhat in there, so they're yeah, because one, be, one team's not going to yeah. be one team's not going to be season with players missing because they're getting time off or something like that. So you're going to get a full. I,
0: I really like it, and I think I'd be more inclined to to watch the All Star Game. Thoughts, Zach. It would be an, a nice new wrinkle, I guess. For, I'm not Obviously, I'm not
3: huge on the All-Star game in general. although. But okay. you'll
2: watch the highlights, at least for this one.
3: I enjoyed when Bayern came over. Obviously. Yeah, you were dying for that. Yeah, thanks for that, Michael. That was good. Um, right. uh, but no, it, it, M, MLS, it would be nice to see MLS have more opportunities to go head-to-head with Liga MX, I think, but... Uh, some of their attempts, I think, are counterproductive. Like the Campione's Club Cup, does yeah. not feel really. Seattle's
0: good. going to be hosting that next year. Oh, because they won! Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, great. good for them. You going down? I'll go down for that. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Celebrating the, the dressing room again with my chums. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call you Flounder Mike for now? <laughs> yeah. You gotta have a dream. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like Mexicans as well. I'm obviously going to go down. Got a new dog. <laughs> She is from Mexico. Oh, it's confirmed, a, yep. right? We, we got her just over a week ago. Right. Her name's Penny. Um, lovely Mexican chica. She has got. A, she likes to lick my head. I don't know why, but I think it's just the baldness. I had lots of dreams about Mexican girls licking my head. Now it's finally come true. So see, dreams can come true, Zach. Now, the Athletic are reporting there's no in-person draft this year. It will be held as a streamed conference call. That's going to be exciting. Is it dying a slow death? I think it possibly is. Remember last year, Philly traded all their draft picks to Cincinnati for two hundred thousand in gam. That worked out great for for <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati.
2: I think it is. The the uh, MLS has figured out that there's really nothing like they're, tr- they're what they were trying to do is they're trying to get a like an ESPN or somebody to yeah. cover that, and they're not really interested in covering that because it's. The way they have it set up, it's kind of boring. All they, it is, yeah. All they need to do... I don't even understand why you need players to make speeches and stuff like oh. that. That's the worst. And, yeah. then, and then the Garber goes on forever, too. Just get it down. You can have this whole thing done in like half an hour. Yeah. It's a half hour
0: show, really. Some of it's going to be a wisdom. Or something, I, I, st- yeah. I still think it has. It serves a purpose. Yeah, like it? there's always going to be good players that come out. Exactly, room, players there's, that are role for loot. Player yeah. that's developed a little bit late. Well,
2: like somebody from the Crossfire or something that's not part of an yeah. MLS team or something like that. So there's a lot of clubs out there that have players coming through.
0: This week we've got another draft, the expansion draft, Tuesday afternoon. Nashville, Miami, Caps won't have anyone selected because they got someone selected last year they may but, have done a deal with one of them to select a player for us yeah and there's a lot of I was, I was going to put, put a th- poll th- out I was yeah. going to put a poll
2: out to see which former white cap would you want drafted oh no because Maddox and, cause and, and back, Manny are unprotected yeah, Maddox, Manny, unprotected.
0: Harvey yeah. um, Lee Nguyen even though he wasn't very I, much I, I tell you someone that is up for Seattle that I wouldn't mind maybe making a play for Will Ship. Did not he get tree? Oh no, that he, was he a mock. Sorry, no, I saw I saw a mock draft yeah. of that. He had a Will really
2: Ship good... or Harry Ship?
0: Oh, sorry, Harry Ship. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying Will Broon. Yeah,
2: Harry Ship. <laughs> I was... Oh, if you could get a combination of Harry Ship and Will oh, Brown oh, in one place, thinking of like the
3: babies. <sighs> the hairline would be st- yeah, not not, far, not that. I spoke yours. to
0: Harry Ship in the in the yeah. dressing room as I was celebrating. He, he, you gave him the biggest hug, right? I did. Yeah. I well, did you get to talk to Will Broon? No, because I didn't see him. Oh, Okay. Well, Brune could probably pass me in the street and close the door with his name on his back, and I probably wouldn't recognise him. But then the trade window opens after all that, and next week, talking of Miami, we're going to have an interview with David Norman Jr. But that is it for this part. We're going to be back after the break with our Artist of the Month, Goldie, Luke, and Shane, with one of the songs that gave them their UK breakthrough, and a friendly warning of explicit lyrics that some may find offensive.
7: This is Atiba Hutchinson, and you're listening to the AFTN Show. That's right, you knows what I'm saying. Your mother's offered me the goods, I'm not paying. It started as a laugh, as a bit of a joke. Something funny to say when I was having a smoke. I first heard off this bloke, it's fucking rumour going round. Your mother's reputation, it's not sound. She's saving up the pennies, hoping they turn into pounds. So have an operation, swap agenda gender round. It's a shock to me, and it's a shock to you. Your mother's got a beard, sandals, and a penis too. It don't look right, see, when she's walking down the street. To see a ball bag, jigging to the beat of her feet, I said... Your mother's got a penis Your mother's got a penis your mother's got a penis, that's right, your mother's got a penis In internet rooms and computer mainframes There's loads of females but your mother's blue veins Not the ones in her legs or the backs of her arms But the ones in the member hidden in her gowns She walks around proud with a short dress on Which sometimes exposes the tip of her dong Often it's dripping, sometimes it's dry No matter when I see her, there's a tear in my eye I thought I had to tell you I had to put it in a letter But I thought, fuck that, to write a song is much better The only way to do it, to really let you know I can prove it cos I gave it a blow It was purely accidental cos she got me really drunk And she made me kiss her elephant trunk You know why? That's right
0: Your mother got a penis Your mother's got a penis Goldie looking chain With one of the two songs that really broke them in the UK in the noughties From 2004's Greatest Hits album Which was their second album It reached number 14 in the UK charts Different times.
3: I uh, was excited to hear them last week. <laughs> this week, not so that,
0: That's one of their classics. That and uh, Guns Don't Kill People, Rappers Do. That was Your Mother's Got a Penis. And I've told this story before. I was uh, an early adopter of Goldie, Luke and Shane. And I'd heard this song. And East Five were down at Gretna. And we were getting a lot of abuse through the fence from all these young kids that were there. The Gretna fans. And I just had yelled, Your Mother's Got a Penis! And no one had heard the song by that point and it just, yeah, it was an interesting time. The song is based on Yellow Magic Orchestra's 1979 hit Behind the Mask. Michael Jackson covered it. Behind the Mask, not Your Mother's Got a Penis. Uh, That would have been an interesting one. But I I thought I would play that this week on the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. But I thought I'd play that one from Gordy Looking Chain this week because it was apt. Because Canada, were just all over by the US on Friday night. Getting Jizzy with it. Jizzy Gardas, two-goal hero for the US. Jossie Zardes. Oh, have I been calling him the wrong name the whole time? A little bit. Oh. Yeah. This was the match you didn't want to have on TV for people to see. I nearly didn't. Because I PVR'd it and it recorded oh, yeah. it, and then I got home and it hadn't recorded the first half, so maybe you can't record PVRs channels on Telus. I don't know.
2: PP, pay-per-views, you're talking about?
0: Yeah, oh, because yeah. it was in the PP, the pay-per-view channel, so I PVR'd it on the pay-per-view channel. You PVR or PPV? Yeah, lots of Ps and Vs on my TV. So I got home from work and I was like, oh crap! I'll oh, well, just watch it from the second half. Now I switched the TV on just as Wheeler was saying. Well, if Canada can come back from this, it's going to be a miracle. I'm like, what the hell has happened? And then he's like, the first goal, and it's like, first goal? How many goals was there? (laughs) So, yeah. Expectations, I think, were high from a lot of us. Hopes were high. We came. We didn't see the players conquer. They were conquered. Slightly would have been happy. It was a 4-1 loss. Were we just all riding a sugar high? Were we just getting swept away in a wave that's now crashed us back down to earth? Yeah,
2: I think a lot of us. Uh, I I thought it would be a good draw to have it, especially well, the tactics. I thought if they were different, I I didn't expect them to attack the way they did and just open up <clears> themselves up. <throat> I think people underestimated that it. A lot, like a lot of people said, it's hard to win on the road in CONCACAF.
0: What's hard to win on the w- road? In general, in general, sport. In sport. Yeah. Yes, well, it's in hard to win in general if you can't defend. Yeah, and when you play, like, you, <laughs> when you play attackers at left back. Yeah, that's and, and center backs has been training with a university team for the last month.
3: So we talked about that last week. Like, hey, like, what should happen? Should D- Danielle yes. walk into the team, or should DC pick up where he left off? And obviously, the answer was DC should have picked up where he left off. Yeah, like, well, see,
0: for that—that's the thing for me. If you're going to bring. To nail Henry back, you have to play with Cornelius because they've had this year of understanding together. Yeah. I would have kept Victoria and Cornelius, and hindsight's a great thing and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But we did say that last week.
2: No, it's not really hindsight. We said you said yeah, <laughs> we yeah. said that last week. So
0: it's not yeah. really that, nice. The thing we didn't say last week
3: is about Alfonso Davies.
0: So well, he, yes. He
3: okay, so I know everyone's like, Oh, but he plays left back for Bayern. Okay. Here's the thing playing left back for Bayern Munich is you're a lot pe- a lot different. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. different than playing left back for Canada, whose worst players are their center backs right now. I, I don't say that to yeah. to, to uh, put down their center backs, but that's
2: actually, the truth. I think the full backs are the worst, and that's why he was put in there. Wow. That's the problem. Okay, sure. Yeah. sure fair enough.
0: Well, but, wait, let us before we get into this, let's just play a little bit of right, audio. Right. Sorry, from, from, yeah. yeah. Let's just play this from John Herdman, because Yeah. We'll hear what he said, and then we'll talk a little bit about yeah.
8: it. As, as a coach, you come into these matches, you've got to make decisions. The one thing that we uh, we anticipated coming into this game was that US press, and we we knew we needed to be a bit more direct uh, to play over it and uh cavallino gives us a good option in that in that target man role to have people like johnny david running off and off field and azario underneath so you know that was the the purpose of that and you know alfonso He's been playing fantastic at Bayern Munich at left back. He's, uh, you know, he's been touted is hitting those world-class standards in, in recent games. We knew the US were bringing Sergio Destin and, and we're going to load uh, our left back up, which was 19-year-old Kamal Miller, who has been, you know, off for uh, three, four weeks since the last game. So for us, it was about making sure that one we we could find Fonzie in those wide areas, and we didn't in the first half enough, you know, with those diagonal passes and playing central to play wide. But second half we seen we we seen a bit more of Alfonso, and we uh, we wanted to take Fonzie up front. I mean that was part of the plan, but the the injury to Daniil, uh that that hurt us. It uh, meant that. Uh, you know, we had some other rolls of the dices we we needed to make and yeah there was there was a tough tough situation how different was the us team that you played tonight compared to a month ago well i'll say this they were clinical <laughs> and good on set pieces very good so that was 12 shots to 11. Uh, five shots on target for the us three for canada 36 percent possession for us 64 for Canada, 520 passes for Canada, 420 for the US. So in my mind, when I look at the performance, the difference is they were bloody clinical tonight, and, and that was the focus. You could see that intent. I think they they really uh, they really contested in the midfield. I think they they put a hell of a battle up there, and in defensive transition. Their attacking transition, they were lethal. They really hurt us when we had our full backs high. So, you know, good job to the US tonight. Uh, that sort of clinical is, is the learning for us. We, we've got to learn that if you make mistakes at this level or you set pieces aren't, aren't clean, you're going to get punished. So all credit to Greg and his boys. They, they've sort of silenced some critics here. And um, you know, I wish them all the best. John, you mentioned Kamal Miller as the backup as someone who hasn't seen much action. You have Sam Atakubi, who's playing regularly yeah. as a left back in Norway. What's he missing that he might get included in the in the picture left back then? Well, I think um, Sam's played um, only two games in in six. If you are in his career, he uh, he hasn't been regular in Valerenga. In Valorenga you know sam's uh, working as hard as he can and i think for us it's uh you know when you've got Bayern munich's starting left back who's uh playing champions league who can give you that width and provide that inner tactic as well as athletically deal with the players the us have which is pace for fun on that side you know you're coming away to a an away venue where a draw could see you through um he's he's the best left back in canada without a doubt, and uh, arguably he's the best left back in Bayern Munich. So for us, you know, I think it's uh, a no-brainer. I mean, we'd love to have him up front. We'd love to be able to play him in two positions, but when you've got quality like Jonathan David, Junior Hoylet, Lucas Cavallini, you know, you're you're looking at putting all those pieces on, on the field and putting your best players out there. That's what we did tonight. We came in here to get a result. We, we didn't bunker down. We came in here on the front foot. We pressed them for 90 minutes. We controlled the game for periods of times. And I think a lot of positives. We just weren't clinical. They were very clinical. You know, for Canada, we missed the big opportunity. I've got to own up to that. We, we missed the big chance tonight. We know we've got the quality because in, in periods we show we're competing with you know, they're, the best, they're one of the best teams in CONCACAF. So, you know, analysing the goals, in, in fairness, we had to be better in set pieces and we had to be better in defensive transition. We just got to sense those moments earlier that this is dangerous now. And uh, these learnings, like we did from the Gold Cup, we'll take them forward. John Herdman there. And, yep, they had to be better in attack,
0: they had to be better defensively, they had to be better in a lot of things. If one word to describe the performance for me, it was disjointed. Yeah, lacking it, tactics. There's two words. Uh, two words. But we'll take
3: that. Uh, I was. I was just going to say it was disappointing.
0: Well, tactically naive, I think, is a is a good one. There, help with that. I mean, word. D- did Herman get the tactics wrong? I mean, was he too aggressive <clears throat> and too attack minded? Well, I, I think exactly something. To
3: well, say. I think I think uh, starting Alfonso left back the way he did. Yes. Uh, so last week, uh, we talked about how, I even said, maybe it would be nice if they, maybe the US will expect them to come out defensive and kind of just play it safe at the beginning, like try and keep this, keep a, you know, the game starts as a draw, try and keep it that yeah. way.
0: I mean, I'm not a big proponent of parking the bus. No. But sometimes you have to Some, play yeah. defensive. So
3: I thought, oh, maybe what if they they go out there and, and try and catch them out right at the beginning? And I was wrong, because they got caught out two minutes in. Steve, I think you had... <laughs> it's be, be a careful. better approach, Steve. I will, be you were right, be Steve. Safe. You are right. Yep. Because, I was wrong because Herdman. You're is, good looking. Uh, I'm not, I'm not so. handsome.
2: But uh, um, uh, Herdman, like everybody talks about Herdman, how he like can build up a team. Berhalter is a coach on the other side. He's going to be able to do inspire them too. And you heard, I think it was McKinney or
0: something like that, where Post, the where the McKinney.
2: Giants of Concacaf or something like that, or North America, and we need to
0: show. They were ready to go. Oh, yeah, they were that, cocky as hell going into yeah. it, and you thought, "Oh, that, that, that was it a comes happy g- before a fall." That was nope. a Happy Gilmore joke. Yeah, yeah. But no, you're, you're right. You, you, the other thing,
3: I mean, the U.S. went in because they didn't. They also shed all those old guys, all those big guys. They shed yeah. them, and those young guys, or younger well, guys, also, really wanted to. But they're, they're missing the ship.
0: Bradley and P- Psilic. It's like you looked at that squad, yeah. and that was not a squad no. that you thought oh, we should be fearful of that. It's oh, like, I, oh, you wonder if Canada felt overconfident. Squad. Possibly. It's like the, the tactics for me just seemed totally wrong. Now, the scoreline obviously looks horrendous, but some of the other aspects, Canada were better in possession and passing, but that means little if you can't put the ball in the back of no. the net. And Herdman said the US were clinical. No. Well, and they were
2: it's easy to be clinical when you're not defending very well
0: well yeah and, and, wh- yeah. When and not marking players for
3: free yeah. headers like all the second it, and the third goal it felt like all four goals were like gifted to them
0: yeah Borian the, gave a, a giveaway for the second goal second and the third goal were free headers that Daniel Henry didn't pick a guy up and did, no one else picked a guy
2: I, up. I was still okay with the 3-1 result loss because that meant that we would have won over the two leg tie because we had the, uh, yeah. the oh, way goal goals. so that fourth goal for me was just a killer that, yeah. that that really, that was, you might as well make it 8-1. helps one. the U.S. You might as well make it 8-1 in Honduras. I don't mm. care. Yeah.
0: Well, th- th- that's the other thing. Yeah. Canada, once again, on a big stage when they need to get a result, not even a win. We saw it in Honduras, blown right. out. We saw it against Haiti at the Gold Cup. Disappointing. This disappointing. I don't want to say blown out because they did compete in some areas. For
2: for me, the worst was the Haiti one's worse than this one. Yeah. Oh Haiti, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah because, because
0: a lot of folk would not have expected. Like if oh Canada's going to beat the US in Toronto but lose in Orlando. Yeah. People oh, would have okay, taken that. Yeah. That's people fair, or, yeah. not people would take. It. People would have been beforehand.
3: excited about that. Yeah. But the the Haiti thing. Yeah. The Haiti team. thing was it, well, definitely. What's what's the common denominator? One of the common denominators in both those games. John Herdman
0: Alfonso Davies at left back oh Herdman actually said oh that, yeah he said we'll we'll take we learned our lessons from the gold cup in Haiti and we'll learn our lessons from this what lessons did they learn then from that Haiti loss
2: no they didn't well Clearly. they did
0: I think they did learn some things. But the the uh um,
2: Well the, actually like you said, they did play they didn't play as like and they didn't collapse at the uh, in the second well, made it half because they weren't collapse. And they had good. their
0: chances, they could easily have been 3 2, and then that yeah. could have got a bit interesting. I thought you were gonna mention
3: the comments you made about Alfonso Davies being the left back.
0: Well, yeah. So if we go back to the defense, yeah. Alfonso Davies in at left back, he said afterwards and as we played there, Alfonso Davies is the best left back that Canada has. And he's probably the best left back at Bayern. So maybe, yeah, maybe Alphonso Davies is the best left
3: back at, at, in Canada because he's maybe probably the best at a number of positions for Canada. There's there's, no one in their right mind would ever say he's the best left back at Bayern Munich. David Alaba, who yeah. can play many positions as well, is by far a better left back than Alphonso Davies may ever be. And I I, I strongly yep. appreciate Alphonso
0: Davies. I'm not trying to no, put him down, but that's a crazy a statement as well. That Bayern will maybe bring a left back in in the January window. I saw some murmurs about that. You never know. And the,
2: or, we, or no. and the thing is, I'm, I'm sure Herdman, I'm not saying he was trying. I'm sure he realizes that not a lot of people um, follow Bayern that much, so they might not know about Al- Alaba. I'm talking about the mainstream media. Yeah. I'm talking about the oh, mainstream okay. media. Mainstream okay. media, sure. So yeah. he's able to sell this that Alphonso Davies is the best left back at Bayern Munich because he's starting all those games, not knowing that Alaba is playing center
3: back because they have so many injury issues. Wow, the one game he played, they, they, they no, he did get some starts where they were resting Alaba. Yeah, but they were resting him. They were. It and, wasn't and, like they were. Well, they to... started with resting him, and then the form was good, so I think they kept him. Kept him there. And then there was other things going on at the end of Kovac's time because Kovac, especially in his last or two last lineups, he was doing stuff that I think it was kind of like in the faces of the people who put the team together where it's like you give me these players this is not the right fit yeah
0: this is what you get but that's another story how much flack does Herman get for this because t- Twitter's never the most reasonable place to, to get post-game thoughts after a defeat Tweet tweet. he was pretty pretty much slaughtered on Twitter was he yeah, yeah there's a, uh, there was a lot of very unhappy oh, I, I've people. seen some
3: Facebook comments about like this and Haiti together he needs to be gone which I think is crazy I, I no, no that, crazy that's wrong
2: well. that but if he doesn't show the next step. Like, he needs to be... If they do go to that 7-32 to 32 group or whatever that, whatever it is, the secondary group... He's got to make it out of that? No, he doesn't need to make it out of it. He just needs to be really high up there. He, can, he There yeah. can't be any games where they slip up. There has to be a very, either a very close loss or a draws on the road and all home wins. He can't lose any points at home at all. And that's yeah. the that, that was my expectations on there.
0: Because the thing now is Canada dropped eight points with this loss. And more importantly, El Salvador were drawing 0-0 with Montserrat. Is that even a country? No.
3: I have a buddy who could have played for them.
2: (laughs) 0-0 in a stoppage time. It kind of sounds like like an appetizer or something. I know. I'm kind of hungry.
0: Maybe that's why. (laughs) Ah, Would you like some
3: Montserrat with that cheese?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cheese. It sounds like like a cheese. sounds like something. That's what it was. It sounds like a cheese. With the rat thing, it sounds like something eating eat in cow and beef, but that's a whole other <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> But it's now now El Salvador-Montserrat heading into stoppage time. El Salvador get the winner in stoppage time. Leapfrog Canada into sixth in the hex, and they're now 10 points ahead of Canada. Are they 10 points ahead? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And John that's Herdman was asked about friendlies next year to make the points up, and he said, if you go to Paris and you beat France in a friendly in Paris which is unlikely in itself, you get eight points for that, which still would not even catch El Salvador.
3: Plus, won't El Salvador have some other competitive... Conc- yep, they're yeah, they're
0: going to have Naces League. Yeah, maybe, they're going to so. be
2: the, the, the B-level semi final. Can, can they
3: lose points from that? Can they
0: yeah, go down? Yeah, they, they could points. if they were... If they are hammered. But also, if they breathing, hammered, breathing they just down loss? our neck are Curaçao, who just lost but narrowly two wins the Can I ask you a question makeup. about Curaçao? Let me talk about
2: Curaçao. Are they even considered a country, or a FIFA re- regional thing? Or I thought they couldn't even make the World Cup.
3: Or the hex? Oh, that's, that that's a good question. I think we, when they started, they couldn't. Now they can.
0: I don't think ah, so. I think that. they're French territory. Ah, they're French territory, way. aren't they? Mm. I I was catching up with the FA Cup highlights th- this week because I didn't get to watch last weekend. And two of the non-league teams, they were talking about they had international players from Montserrat and Curacao. Yeah. See, the, so the thing, thing is with English with, non-league with,
2: football with Curacao, I think they can they can play in these League of Nations, but they can't play any any FIFA things. They can mm. play the
0: Gold Cup. Because it's a CONCACAF tournament, but they can't play in the qualifications. Heading into this, Dwayne Rawlins, who I know everyone loves, tweeted out that if Canada won against the US, it was 90 or 95% likely that Canada would get to the hex. A draw, it was 50-50, and a loss made it 10% likely. So it's not looking good. It does look like they're going to have to head to Europe for some high-profile games and try and get some wins there. It's not going to be easy, but stranger things have happened. Ranking points aside, oh, did you? They are FIFA recognized. Oh. They are. Oh, I yeah. didn't
3: know. There's,
2: there's, there must be another country that of I think. You know, that kind of makes sense. though but yeah, what was the country
0: that oh, uh, brought that illegal player? Martinique? Martinique. Oh, maybe that's what I was. Yeah. Thinking of
3: didn't like Jocelyn mm-hmm. Engloman play for them when he was like forty or something? Yeah. I
0: don't know. Last bit for this. Ranking points aside, what else does this program need to do to make the jump to this next level? Not just dabble with maybe being a top six. What what do we have to do to get these players into top six? Herman's talked about he wants players that are playing all the time for their team. And that was another reason, kind of, Davies played over Miller because Miller hadn't played for a month. But then you, you throw that out the window because you're bringing back Neil Henry yeah. that hasn't played for a month. That and was wasn't an, even that was training an, with the Whitecaps. That was an awkward,
3: c- contradictory statement.
2: Yeah. Um, I think they need to, what they need to do is they need, I think they need to have more camps. Um. Even in the off season, especially, um, they need to have extended camps, not just like a f- two, three days. They need to bring these guys in, make it incentivize them in order to bring them in. Especially, they don't need the top players. Like, they don't need to bring an Alfonso Davies, but they need to bring in uh, the you know the, right now the the fringe players for the national team to get them up to speed. Because so, you don't bring them in, and then when you need them, they might not be ready to go.
3: Mm. I agree with Steve. There needs to be some consistency to when they get together. So they need to be getting together every window.
2: They like they need to get yeah. to, like they need to have a January camp. Yeah. Where before the MLS season starts, where they bring some where guys they, in. Which they've done once or twice, and but it not doesn't every even, time. It doesn't even you have to year. be like where they're, they're going, you know, a full out paces or anything like that. Just have meetings. Just kind of get but together the, with the people. The problem
0: with that, though, is if it's not in a FIFA window, the clubs won't release their players. No, but I'm
2: saying like players that are available. Oh, like, oh yeah. No, and it doesn't have to be guys. the players that, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be players. Like get a lot of CPL, Get a, have a CPL camp. I know the US does. The, in the January. U.S. does the January. G- G- they oh, yeah. do a January M- They bring a lot of MLS players in there. So that's something they should do.
0: They should have bring younger players in. I don't know. Something has to happen. Who knows? There was one positive. At least you canceled your flight, Zach. Oh. Imagine if you'd gone. Oh, man. Oh, well, At least I would have gone to like Disney or something. The wor- worst trip I had was when I flew on a whim from Santa Barbara to Salt Lake in 2011. <laughs> For a defeat, and the team had no effort whatsoever. Was that mm. the
3: Alan Rocha uh, um, uh, Lee?
0: What year was it? 20... 2011. It was when oh, no, Son been... had just taken over. Oh, it was awful. The players didn't even come over to acknowledge the fans at the end or anything. Oh, I've heard like... stories about that day. Uh, I've heard some st- interesting stories about. that I got day. some nice Mexican food though, and I got to see the riots. I once. Funny.
3: Have you heard? I once drove to Edmonton.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that was a pretty bad one. <laughs> that was fun. That was yeah. fun. Anyway, we'll be back with some more upbeat. Canadian chat after this.
5: Hi, I'm Alphonse Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
0: was beautiful steve thank you yeah song wasn't bad as well <laughs> welcome back to the AFT and soccer show on citr radio 101.9 you gotta okay. we were not to
2: set them up for those things <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell us what that song was steve
2: that was the theme song from the mandalorian wow. uh which is a new star wars show that's on disney plus live action star wars disney
3: plus Plus de Disney. I didn't know.
0: I'd seen folk talking about it. I didn't know what it was. I googled it because Steve said he was playing this song. Still don't know what it is.
3: Oh, it's so good. Two episodes in. Uh, there's only eight episodes. So we can't like,
0: do spoilers because JJ
2: listens to the show and he's not ordering until all the episodes come out. Okay. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah, that's oh what, he said. Oh, okay. oh,
0: what channel is it on? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Oh, like Hannah Montana. And-
2: yeah, actually, that
3: is available on there too. Is it really? Yeah, all the shows are available. The uh, The Mandalorian though is a uh, a, gr- a great show. If you
2: So far it's really good. Um I'm hoping they're able to maintain it. Sometimes you have the two episodes in there. But um uh, I know John Favreau is the executive director or producer whatever. He wrote, he wrote those episodes. But the director is Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni. and he did the Clone Wars yeah. and those are fantastic so I'm have very good uh, Well, good he's season.
3: not directing all of them. Oh, well, he's directed the first two, yeah. which is good. Taiko Ty- Waititi's doing the 8th one, the last
2: one. I know that'd be interesting. Yeah. Is
3: Chewbacca in it. No. Well, wow, don't he said no spoilers.
2: I don't think you would be because I don't think it's, it's got to be, it's not connected. It's right after. Is it more than. No, it's not after, like the post- after after, after the episode six. After episode six. Oh, oh, So after the Revenge of. No, not right. Revenge. Return of the Jedi.
3: Before. Oh, no, it's after okay. Return of the Jedi. That's quite interesting.
0: Yeah. So oh, it, I like four, five, six. Yes. The first three. No, you know, but the, you would like this. But oh. the thing
2: is, the thing that came after three, which is the Clone Wars, is very good. Oh, haven't yeah. I haven't seen that. It's though. a cartoon. You might not watch it.
0: No, I'll, I'll watch it. It's cartoons.
3: on Netflix and Disney Plus right now.
0: I might check that out.
3: Yeah. Mandalorian, if you
0: haven't, check it out. From Star Wars in space to Star Wars on Earth in Montreal at the U Sports draft. Teams in the CPL fighting for the stars of Canadian college soccer. Best segue I could get Yeah, uh, It was a good effort. Second CPL draft was this week. Teams just had two picks this year, which I thought was sensible because it was a bit of Ridiculous last year with the three, and then some guys didn't sign. Just let the teams negotiate with who they want to negotiate, and I think you'll find that some teams will be doing just that. Corey Bent went first to Halifax, as he should, since he plays for Cape Breton Capers. I like what I've seen from him in U Sports with Cape Breton, four capers actually selected. Yeah, no, they they must be a pretty good organization. Yeah, they've, they've. Won it in 2017, got beat in the final in 2018 and got lost in the semis this year. also saw Corey Bent uh, in USL League 2. He is related to Darren Bent, the ex-Tottenham player. He played with Victoria Highlanders in 2018 and Calgary Foothills in 2019. Only one UBC player taken, Tommy Gardner, again selected by Pacific FC. He also was selected with Thompson Rivers centre-back Jan Peretta's Glass Smasher. Who I've liked what I've seen for him in New Sports. Me have so I'm assuming he's
2: Spanish because people are saying oh the Spanish connection is strong or something. Yes, saying, yeah. him and Blasco get on good.
0: I just think of like glass uh, smasher or smasher. What's that? Hulk Thor. smash. Hulk smash. Yeah, that's what I think. Schuster smasher. Yeah, Schuster means shoemaker or cobbler mm-hmm. in Germany, as I found out. Going to call this show Cobblers. One other form of white cap was selected Trinity Western oh, yeah. right back Jake Ruby, who I'm pleased mm-hmm. for. I was quite high in him. I had him and my players to get picked for Pacific. So good for him. Valor FC, they went to the UK for their two picks, both Cape Breton capers. My Scottish friend, centre midfielder Marcus Campanile, who is best friend for the guy that plays for East Fife that out when I was commentating last year in the U Sport Nationals. And English striker Charlie Waters, who was tipped to go number one and ended up going, I think, 14th overall or something, which was a bit strange. Again, I like what I've seen from both of them for the capers. Valor do need some help all over the par- park, really, mm. I would guess. It was a tough first season for them. They were the worst spring season record, nine points from their ten games, three wins, just eight goals scored. They were better in the fall, but they finished fifth with 19 points from 18 games, five wins, four draws, 22 goals. Overall, though, it was the second worst record in the league, just better than Halifax. There's a goal difference of minus 22, which was definitely the the worst in CPL, showing really where their season kind of fell apart. They were racked by injuries, though. They had a very young and inexperienced squad, some standouts, but not a lot of depth. people started falling. So we've talked about what I'm wanting to do for the rest of this year is kind of speak to guys from each CPL team just to kind of see how the land lies after the first season, what they've thought of the inaugural CPL season and what lies in store for the future. So I spoke to Rob Friend about Pacific FC and Marcel de Jong as well. This week we're going to speak to Valor FC head coach Rob Gale. I just wanted to kind of have a chat to you about just the season in general, what happens now, just kind of stuff like that. Yeah, sounds good. The season's over now. How how do you feel it's, it's gone, the first one, both for the club and, and for you as well? Um,
9: it's, it's been a roller coaster, honestly, and I think uh, a big learning curve for everybody involved, and I'd say that from the league um, and people behind the scenes, the the officials, the coaches, administrators and the players um, so much unknown that we didn't know, yeah. right um, dealing with the enormous travel Like we've been out Pacific three times, Halifax three times, I think we're the only club that got both coasts but we're obviously in the middle as well um, but it's just dealing with that dealing for a lot of these players on turf fields for the Europeans uh, which is different and yeah. um, and for a lot of them just dealing with first year professionals so for us as a club we had two main objectives number one was to find what the level is and we hoped obviously to be as, as competitive as we can I think I said early on in the season you know Forge and Cavalry have a bit of a head start I thought that would be the case with the history of teams and playing together but hopefully we could surprise a few uh, I think we have done on occasions but we've had injuries and everything else and not been able to keep a settled side all season so I think the one thing we do know is more about the level of the league. Um, We know the the style and the philosophy that we want to play as a football club. And now we've got to find the guys that are able to be consistent at the level that we know now that it is. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you talk to uh, the guys, I just saw the interview with Rob here this week and he's saying the inconsistency. Jimmy Brennan and I discuss it regularly regularly. Jeff Paulus has said the same thing and even with some of his experienced pros Um, so we know that now you know you never know until you get them into that day-to-day environment who's doing the right things on the field off the field who can equip themselves deal with the travel the you know the different realities that we have here in Canadian soccer we played cavalry on a frozen pitch and we played a uh, forge at plus 49 with the Humidex on the uh, turf. So you've got to deal with all that, right? And I don't think until you go through that for a, a season do you really find out about the characters in your room. I knew they were good lads and great characters off the field. But I think where we need as a club is now to, to find a few more experience, a few more yeah. grit and determination. If I look at Cavalry and where they've been successful and even York the other night against us, they've got players who can intimidate officials and in the right way I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way but they they that? go for every call yeah. right they hound them they they, they can smell uh, blood in the water they sense it and and you see them turn into different animals and I think we've probably found out with our group this year that we've been a bit fragile in those those moments key moments of games where we've got bullied a little bit because we want to play and we want to do things in a, in a football manner but you've got to match that and that's modern football there's, there's no hiding place from both sides of the ball but all in all, for us as a club, um, the the stuff we've done off the field, the community, the attachment to our supporters group, the supporters have been amazing. Uh, the attendance has been excellent. Like We topped 10,000 on their home opener. We hit 7,000 on Canada Day. We've averaged well over five. I think we're right up there in the top of the league. Probably yeah, Forge's uh, initial game where they gave away 17,000 yeah. tickets <laughs> probably just skews them ahead of us. But I think... You know, All of those are great successes for us and we're known in the community now because we are a team, we've got Manitobans in it, we've got Manitoban coaches. Um, we've done a ton of events all across the province. So I think that was one of our main objectives, what we'll be known for in the community and find out what the, the level of the CPL is. And now we're in a position to go and rebuild. And really for us as a staff, the hard work starts yeah. Hard now. Yeah, know
0: to ask about that. It's like the off-season, it's a long off-season. But do you start trying to identify players right away, or do you want to wait to see who might be available from MLS, for example? Yeah, and I mean, stuff
9: like uh, all all of the above, uh, because uh, you see, even just yesterday, Whitecaps announced. I'm sure there was keen interest around here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know, the a few players guys there, are not potentially <laughs> uh, getting picked up and uh, are out here already, so there might be some familiarity and those kind of things are positive. Uh, for us, we've already bought some players in to train with the group because uh, it's a best read. What have they got? Are they better than we, what yeah. we already have? Um, and things you can't find out in a video, you know, things that you, you talk to agents, you talk to previous clubs, they're never going to tell you what they're like at 2-0 down on a freezing cold yeah. night in Calgary, right? How were they if you lost three games on the bounce or went through a spell without winning games? Those are the little intangibles that we really need to dig a little deeper and find out about to make sure that we're bringing in the right characters uh, that match our philosophy of football and the and the brand that we want to be.
0: The the season. Obviously, the fall season was better for you than, than the spring season. See, so do you take something from that that you've shown improvement at least as as a group? Got uh, I results. mean,
9: somewhat because we actually looked at it at the end of the, the spring season and we were there, we were third with two games to go, uh, but we we were just wrecked with injuries. Right. Michael Petrasso's down, Ali Moosey's down, Jordan Morrell suspended, Skylar Thomas is injured. Uh, both goalies had a spell of injury. We've had a third-choice keeper on the bench every single game since about uh, game 10 of the all season. Right. <laughs> so, you know, all of those things into consideration. What we try and do is just take it game by game and, and assess the performances and evaluate the players there. So I think a lot of people will look at it and look, Pacific got a nice game away at Cavalry when the league was already won. York just had a lovely one at Forge and that's yeah. put them into third place now. We've been there or thereabouts and I think other than the top two who've shown consistency there's no difference.
0: There's no difference between the other five. It's yeah. on, on the day who steps it up. I can I asked Rob Friend that this morning, like those two class of the league, there's a there's not a big gulf but there's clearly a gulf between yeah. them and the others. What do teams like you, Pacific, other teams like that, have to do now to close that gap? Because they're just going to get stronger. Yeah,
9: you'd think so. But I don't think it's talent. I honestly don't. I think it's familiarity. I think yeah. it's uh, having gone through the ringer, certainly with Tommy's group. Oh, you yeah. said, look, that, no doubt that they've improved from the PDA. the the outside, they were. I've got to give credit to Tommy and the gang there and also to Bobby because they built off what they had. But you've got a lot of players who played together and gone into moments, you know, when you're under the fire, you're under the caution games or... You know, I remember going to Forge a couple of times this season, and we've absolutely pinned them back. Cavalry at home, we, we pinned them back, but they've had some men who've managed to ride it out, dig it out, you know, uh, and then they've found ways to win games and on a consistent basis. So you've got to give them credit for that. But talent-wise, you know, anybody can beat anybody on their day. Uh, it's who finding the ways to do that. And if there's a criticism of my group, is we've found ways to lose games. When we've been on top yeah. and played some terrific stuff and analytics will tell us we should have been higher and created more goals, chances and all of those factors. But uh, where they've got to get to and where we have to get to, and I think this is what Rob was alluding to here, is it's a results business as well. So you want to develop, but you've got to find winners. You've got to find yeah. characters and men in that dressing room that find ways to win. And that's what uh, Tommy
0: and Bobby have done better than anybody else quick things just to finish what about you personally yes this is your first club job you've always been involved at in the national team level in, in management at least how have you found the difference between being a, a group at international guys you just get every so often yeah. and then having day in day out having this
9: it's uh, you know it is it's, it's very different uh, as the, co- the coach of me loves it being on the field every day you know I'm a tracksuit coach I love working with players uh, I love developing players and there's a great, out there the great opportunity yeah. to do that, right? And I have a good rapport with my lads and I, I always see the game from the players' perspective and we try and make it fun and challenging. What the challenge is, is a national team, when we got them together, it was easy to build that camaraderie and culture quickly. Uh, it's us against the world, it's Canada, with the underdogs, etc. What you get to see here is you get to deal a little more in the personal dealings of players and you get to find out about their characters and it's not all... Uh, it's not all uh, roses, yeah. right? There's lots to management, and we've done a ton. I mean, i will struggle to find another CPL coach that's out in the community as much as our staff. Uh, so we've done a ton of work off of that, and what you don't want that to do is derail it from what your, your work is on the field and everything, and balancing that has been a challenge, especially as we are start-up businesses. Um, but then I'd say, yeah, just dealing with some of the players and, you know, um, there's a culture now in young players that I think they want it quickly yeah, yeah we have that in week yeah so. yeah and uh, I many coaches you know and my, my colleagues across the league and I don't want to say it's an entitlement but it's a belief that they should get there soon and if they haven't played in two three games then they drop their heads and back in our day and we talked to Jimmy Brennan and Tommy uh, you know, about back home and some of the dressing rooms, we'd have grown ass men pin us against the wall if we acted like that you know what I mean, yeah. now it would be classed as uh, bullying or you'd be, you'd be up on charges for it I think but I think that's the lesson uh, that I've seen is a lot of first year professionals, a lot of kids that aren't quite ready for it, they're dealing with being away from home or, or different challenges and it, you know sometimes it's a it's a struggle to keep 23 players motivated especially if you go through a bit of adversity that was the biggest thing you know what like winning out I said it earlier on in the season it's the deodorant of soccer right it can cover all manner of smells and I'm sure Mark DeSantis will say the same thing with his group this year um because you really find out about your players you know sport reveals uh, uh, a lot about character as does adversity right so for these there's quite a few life lessons they've probably not been in teams where they haven't been the star player they've not been in teams where they've had to to sit and and wait for their opportunities Uh, they've not been in teams probably where they've had they've lost a couple of three games on a row and dealing with that so many many lessons for me as a coach and just Working through that man management side, which I I used to pride myself on with the national team, knowing, number one, people first, they're they're people. You've got to know the person and understand the person uh, and not look at them just as players. So lots and lots of lessons. Uh, Thoroughly enjoy it still, as you have to when you're in a privileged position like we are, to do something you love every single day. But uh, definitely... things to build on next year with getting a few more yeah. older characters around me to help that side of things as well I think because the dressing room needs to control itself in the best teams and I think that's what Tommy's got going for him
0: yeah, he does and even here they had some experienced guys and then they got injured so yeah. you, you missed that very tough but last thing then the league and I know it's hard to just sum this up obviously schedule one of the big things but yes. what does this league need to do to take it now to the next level to get more interest—it's—it's it's captured the imagination locally, like Winnipeg, Halifax. You're kind of the only big thing in town for a lot of this season. Yeah. But one soccer, a lot of folk can't see it because you have to have the subscription. Yeah. So are not seeing the games. What What does the league need to do now to grow?
9: Uh, I mean, it's a good question. I know they're assessing this at the league. We have to, you have to keep rallying your grassroots and your base. I'd, I'd encourage all the club coaches, and I talk about this regularly about getting that community engagement. And what stands you out? You know, when you are in a competitive market, you need something different. Mm. And I think each of us has to find that own identity um, on what you are and what you're about. That's on the field and off the field, and build those relationships. We need Corporate Canada behind it. We need the yeah. media. You know, but if it's if it's so competitive and all these other things going on, what's your difference? What's your point of difference? And that's what we have to get as a league. Like I think it's great the organic uh, supporters group and those that are popping up. And at the real base level of football, that's what it's all about, oh, yeah. the attachment to home ground homegrown, homegrown yeah. players. Um and then continue to show that we can compete because the more results you get, the roll of thunder, that was roar of thunder there. <laughs> oh, thunder. The more results you can get against the likes of your Whitecaps and show that we're competitive, Montreal, CONCACAF Champions League, you know, it will continue to grow. So we've got uh, a lot of challenges. I think for the league, the scheduling and uh, and the officiating will be top of their list um, to make sure that it is about high performance and giving the players and the teams the best performance, you know, opportunities. Because if you want to be a Premier League then you can't have two games in three days like I had this no. year. You can't have five games in fifteen days to start a season. Like Pacific
0: we, had three Wednesday games in October and one Saturday. So yeah, and one's in Halifax.
9: Right. So, those are the things, and and sorting the schedule. And there's already surveys out. You've probably seen that. And there's already yeah. the David, uh, the commissioner, has come out to to say how we get that, and we got to grow, continue to grow the game develop the players the coaches the infrastructure around it continue to be like we're very sure on the ground all the teams on staff support staff you need to put out the sports science the strength and conditioning and become real clubs and as i think the the league you know grows then the clubs and the staff and that personnel converge and to help first and foremost put the best product on the field and i think that's where we need to get to in our culture is true high performance environments um and whether that then sinks down into the youth systems and the, you know, the kind of grassroots and infrastructure below that, then I think we're really going in the right place.
0: That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Rob. Good luck next Go season, on, and I'll Thanks catch mate. up then. Valor FC head coach Rob Gale there. Just your thoughts quickly on on Valor this year and, and what they need to improve. They, they clearly need help defensively. That's, you feel it's going to have to come from outside, possibly Canada, to, to do that. And for me, better depth. Because they seem to have <clears> a strong core of 11 or 12 players. Beyond that, they didn't. And then when they started to fall, yeah, it was tough.
3: I, I liked uh, both their um, home and away
0: kits. Uh, I thought were quite nice. Um, They've done well in the community as well. And yeah. like Rob talked about that, he doesn't think any other teams got out in the community as much as them. And Winnipeg, for a lot of the season, you've got a kind of captive audience. True. Yeah, there's not maybe that much going on there. They, um,
3: that was a problem for them is they, they're... they're they there was not a lot of competition for places, is my understanding. Is you had you knew who was going to play because that yeah. those and anyone outside of those eleven twelve players were not good enough. So you're right. They need more depth. They need they didn't they missed on that that what was this? New Zealand guy striker. Well, yeah, they've they've got two guys that went to New Zealand on loan. No, no, there was a guy who left. They let him go during the year. I can't remember his oh. name. Stephen Hoyle. Oh yes, is that his name? Yes. Yeah, so that was a miss for them. They expected a mm. lot from him and it didn't hit. Um, obviously, uh, my biased opinion is I was happy to see Marco go home and play and be yeah. able to you know do stuff, um, and I hope he can. If he stays, he can progress and and help be a part of them better moving forward. Players around
2: I mean, they him. They better. He the made, he made the difference. He, uh, he essentially yeah. was the possibly the reason why they were from the worst team to the fifth. Yeah, he certainly team. did well. But yeah.
0: He need, he needs a support and cast around him. Totally. That was that was part of the issue with WFC two. Everything. Was kind of, you had a couple of players and Bustos was one of them yeah. that you needed everything to go through. And then if they weren't on their game, you were, yeah, out and that, that happened with Valor, unfortunately. They need experience, guys, yeah. they need some old heads in there to get this consistency that he's talking about. Another side of the, can we
3: talk about another side of the football club? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're one of the places that really need some um, work off the field, uh, just connecting with people in the community there who are involved in the supporter culture side of things. Uh, it is very much this is how we do it in the cfl this is how it's going to be at the at, at it's
0: a red river rising red Day? river rising yeah yeah, yeah.
3: so they would they would like there to be more like i think they're the one place where like they they have been like prohibited to do smoke in their stadium kind of kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing so although
0: they're getting out to the community it's maybe not to that hardcore group they're maybe not
3: I think they're hinder- their actions are hindering the growth of the- those type of supporters. They
2: also need to work a little bit on not taking critique a little personally and not banning uh, oh, uh, supporters yes. oh, yeah, from the I games. Oh, yeah. And that bender. can k- yeah. kind of help with building community. Yeah, that
0: <laughs> that's not great when you're... like If, if all the, the teams in the CPL, when we put a call out on AFTN to get some writers at, across the league and... It was always set up. They could just write whenever they wanted. Yeah. So some have written more than others. Scott Strasser has been great, in, in, the great in Calgary for us. We've done stuff and some other folk over in Pacific. We've had... Halifax. John Peckett's done some good stuff yeah. for Forge and things. And yeah, and From Away guys in and, and Halifax. Valor was the only person that no one got in touch and said, I want to cover Valor. And then when you've got a few people that are covering it and then one of them gets banned... That's not helping. What What happened with that guy? He got suspended for this almost a season,
3: basically, right? No, I think they took his credentials away, full stop. Oh, no. sorry, I meant the player. Because uh. that guy, tw- that guy was tweeting about the. Oh yes, about so the red card.
0: Like what it was about? Yeah, I don't think it was the season. I Think it was six, six games. I was going to say six games. Yeah, I got to see if he's. It'll be interesting to see if he's mm. back next year because yeah. he was a captain, but that was a crazy incident yeah I think it was a bit of an overreaction I don't even think he deserved to get the ban that he got but that's me anything goes and we'll be back with anything goes after this
5: hey it's Marco Bustos you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show
0: Willkommen to part 5 of das AFTN Fußballshow. Neunundneunzig Nine Luftballons by Nena. Fun fact, originally it was going to be 88 red balloons, but they thought better off it and they went with 99. Selected by Steve.
2: That was my dedication to our new Yes. Keeping director, the German theme Sporting balloon. director. What is it called?
0: He's disappointing. Tech- right. Oh, and Bayern got a new guy uh, this week.
3: Uh, Hu- Hubert Hayner. yeah, yeah. Uh, Uli Hunis is finally stepped down after 49 years. Yeah, infinity
0: and beyond.
3: <laughs> oh, Michael. And, and at the same at the same AGM for Bayern, it was also a record-setting year in terms of profits for the club. Oh, did you know football clubs can make money? No. Yeah. I- and and win. I- and when I've never time. been
0: aware of that from my time following football clubs over the years. Yeah. Well,
3: did you also? You, well, I text you this. Or I sent you the picture of this uh, also that came out of Oli Gunnar's like final remarks. Um, he talked about uh, what Bayern needs to do in the transfer oh, window. Yes. And then he said, he said, "Yeah, we need to unearth more gems like Alfonso Davies, who we got, who we we got at a what was it a, st- a, a steal, steal of a deal?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I still don't understand why. Because a lot of teams do this. Why didn't they put a you know, 10%. Uh, no, I think they have that. Buy-all? Uh, Sell-all? Oh, I would think they would. I think yeah. they do have a yeah. sell So though. there's a potential for even more money down the road mm. if it is sold on. But who knows all the, oh, the details
0: of that, right? I'm assuming it's at least 10%. Absolute okay. bargain. Sorry, absolute bargain. Absolute bar- bar- bargain. Yeah. Basically a steal. Nina there for Axel Schuster. And Axel Schuster, we talked about in the first part, talked about they have to get the player acquisitions in and out Correct. What that means, maybe, for the future of Freddie Montero, we don't know. We have been speculating over the last couple of weeks. We may not know 100% where he will be playing next season, but we do know how his coffee shop is doing and whether he fancies a chocolate
1: digestive.
0: So you're sitting at home and you decide to have a hot beverage of choice. I think we know what your hot beverage would be. Would you go for a tea, a coffee,
5: or something else? <laughs> uh, well, coffee its my number one, uh, but I don't mind tea. Sometimes my wife uh, uh, made me drink uh, this uh, chamomile tea Oh, oh that's one of the ones I don't like. It's just, <laughs> it's too fruity, it's just weird. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I mean anything to make her happy.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> that's what it's all about. Are, are you? Do you have a sweet tooth? Because uh, I know you've got a lot of sweet treats in your in your coffee shop. But yes. what, what's your favorite kind of sweet treat that you would like to have with a coffee?
5: I would say a uh, croissant. Uh, it could be a chocolate croissant, almond croissant. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they have a, a wava turnover. Or apple turnover. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really great. So, yeah, I'm up for a coffee and a pastry, or tea and a pastry. Yeah, that's that's always uh, number one choice when, when we go out.
0: Went down to your coffee shop a couple of weeks ago down in Seattle, and we spoke about it at training. But it's it's a wonderful setup that you've got. It's such a beautiful like the decor and everything about it. It's so clean. It's it's it looks a very modern coffee shop. How, how has it been doing so far? Because you are a little bit away from the downtown core. It took me a little bit of time to find it, but it seems to be an area that's really growing. There's a lot of development around there just now. Why did you settle for that area?
5: Yeah, Russell, but, uh area or neighbourhood, it's it's growing. Uh, we find this place and the fact that it was one mile away from uh, University Village yeah. uh, just make us, you know, dream about being the first location we wanted to be Seattle address and uh, that was um, the great opportunity that that, uh, we find and uh, if you see well you went there, if if you see around it's a lot of development going on, a lot of buildings and and I know in in a couple years it's gonna be done and and we are going to be uh, setting the standard sometimes people come in and they say that we are so much higher than the neighborhood but uh, we believe that we are investing in the future and hopefully when these uh, new buildings are finished we're gonna be in in that standard and that's uh, something that we don't wanna invest some money and then reinvest because we were behind so when that happened and and we're happy that people came in people like it and people are coming back again and again and again so we we have uh, new customers that they just want to see uh, Freddy Montero's coffee shop but once they are there they, the coffee is great the, the vibe that you feel when, when you're sitting there the baristas are making you feel as you are at home and yeah. it's not a restaurant but a lot of people give us compliments that if they feel like they are uh, in a restaurant because oh, the barista come and talk to you i
0: I'd agree with that the baristas when we were there were they were really good and it was it was busy when we were there. Do you see yourself maybe expanding it at some point or are you happy just just now to get this one up and running but not kinda running before this one's up and running
5: yes uh this one is up running, and uh I would say we are on track or our uh, projections uh, we would like to expand yes uh our number one um, uh, reason or the number one uh, uh, thing to look forward is to keep the quality. So if if uh, the finance are not there, if the location is not there, we're not going to rush and, and just open multiple locations just because we want to expand. No, no. We want to keep the quality and obviously uh, it's going to take a while when, when we've make this one run perfect and then be able to say okay we're ready for the second one
0: that's great thank you so much for your time today Freddy. always a pleasure speaking to you and just enjoy the rest of the, the off season anyone fancy, a anyone fancy a chocolate digestive anyone fancy a chocolate digestive anyone fancy
1: a chocolate digestive even though it sounds suggestive anyone fancy a chocolate digestive
0: Freddy F Bing Montero I have a lot of time for ferry I, I would like him to be back next year like his coffee shop Any, it should be the, where all the away fans congregate next year when we go down to the games in Seattle maybe not maybe you want something a bit stronger than coffee but it's a nice coffee shop I, I genuinely recommend checking it out if you're down in the, the Seattle area it's near the university That was a special extended chocolate digestive section because we had to talk to Freddy about Santo coffee. Now, though, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, articles, features, everything you could want, everything you could shake a stick at. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and noon, and night check out bcsoccerweb.com. what's been catching your nose this week Steve
2: um a couple of things here uh, a lot of stuff on Spanish football so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll, just run through you our sure sp-
0: you went in spanishsoccerweb.com? No,
2: no it was definitely BC Web. Uh, so Spanish TV will not be bidding for the Spanish uh, this is as uh, Spanish TV the public broadcaster um, will not bid on the four club tourney. That would be held in Saudi Arabia over the next three years. It's usually something that's held in in the preseason, but it'll be held in January this time. This year, it includes uh, Barcelona, Atletico, and um, Valencia and Real Madrid. There will be other uh, broadcasters that will bid, but the the public broadcaster won't bid because of the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia, and that's why they're. they're this is uh, the Spanish
3: Super Cup. Spanish Super Cup, yes. Uh, Kind of along those lines, maybe it hasn't come out the year, but Germany, the national team, came out this week and said something similar. Yes. They will not b- play friendlies against teams with. Or countries where women's, women's rights, rights are not, are not recognized, yes. recognized yeah. in, as in the same way that they are in Germany. Yeah, yeah.
0: interesting. You said friendlies because folk were saying, "Oh, what does that mean for Qatar?" And but Qatar, and I don't think has an issue with women's rights. I
2: don't rights. think so. either. I think it, the the they're progressive there. It's the worker the rights worker rights.
0: Yeah. Has the Spanish Super Cup though been played outside no. Spain before? Is, this I is don't the think f- so. first time. I think and I don't think
3: first it's first ever been four teams before either. No.
0: I, I'm not. Oh no! Of course, it it's essentially yeah. it'll be. I'm not a, a fan of it, well, it, all. It is is, it is it a two
2: way. two games that are s- the semifinals and one game final. So it's a three game tournament. This is this pretty is pretty
3: much. a little bit like what uh, they do in the Bundesliga. They have a thing called. It's not the Super Cup. That's a different thing. They have a thing called. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like it's like a League Cup, but it's a preseason tournament. Four teams, and it happens like yeah. in three days or something.
0: I, I I just don't think the tournament should be played out with the country. That, oh, yeah,
2: that they're from. Uh, court, uh, another La Liga story here. Uh, court again prevents La Liga from game from being played in the U.S. A Madrid commercial court has denied an injunction to force the federation to approve the staging of the match abroad. Um, obviously, they can play in Saudi Arabia, but they can't play here. Um, <laughs> uh, it they say it's an unfair competition case against the federation. Uh, sorry, they say their unfair competition case against the Federation will continue despite Friday's ruling. It contends that the Federation has no right to block the match and is acting uh, anti-competitively. Um, the league has apparently, right, well, as of right now, they have a 15-year partnership with a group relevant, who is like a marketing firm, that to promote soccer and bring games to the United States.
0: So we've talked about this before. I think it's ridiculous. And I guess it's different because this is an actual league game yeah. as opposed to the Super Cup. But no, league games definitely should not be played yeah. out with their country. The Super Cup is
3: literally a preseason tournament to get ready for the season. Yeah, So maybe is, that's why they don't consider
0: yeah. that to be like,
2: different. Um, uh, last story from Spain. Uh, yes, the, the league game will not be played. And this weekend, eight games were called off as a strike uh, for a women's uh, soccer top flight league in there has gone ahead. Two on Saturday, six on Sunday were cancelled. Uh, they're looking for an increase to the minimum from sixteen thousand euros to twenty thousand euros. The biggest stumbling block though is the union wants part-time salaries to be 75 percent of the minimum salary while clubs wanted to stay at fifty percent
0: mean, but when you look at like sixteen to 20 that's like four thousand euros it's it's nothing it's a drop in the ocean It's like crazy
3: You're, speaking of ocean it reminds me of that scene in oceans the second one ocean's 12. I think with social resolve, yeah, where they're less like, hey, we got to pay off these workers in, was it Mexico or something? Yeah, exactly. And they're like, I it's, remember like that. it's like 32,000. 32, okay, so 32,000 per worker, there's 40 workers, whatever. And they're like, no, 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 32,000 all in. And they're like, okay, well, let someone just write
0: a check. Yeah. yeah it does see, It does seem like a Yeah, a, but you a, see how low the salaries yeah. are. It's like, and it, it's like in a lot of women's leagues around Europe especially, the women are part-time, they've got other jobs to do. Yeah, sure.
2: Okay, last story here. Uh, we got um, another um, Latin player. I guess you could call him Landon Donovan. Uh, his <laughs> new team. Well, he's pro Mexico. Um, uh, his new team. They, they unveiled the crest and they unveiled the the you know the name of the team last week. Royalty and This loyalty, week, loyal, loyalty. Loyal. loyal uh, and two Rangers from Ireland. Like and that. this week they find they got and named their coach, uh, uh, the manager and lo and behold it is Landon Donovan oh what Landy he's, wow! Kicks. he's been named manager and executive v- vice president of soccer operations um, oh my goodness wow what good, could go wrong the good news is he's in the process of attaining his coaching licenses from US soccer <laughs> they think it's going to be happened by the end of the 2020 season yeah
0: I, I mean what the, a joke to, to get him though it's a, a big name to get Could K- does
2: he get so he gets like three sets of salaries a, hmm. it was apparently a tough negotiation though <laughs> Yeah,
3: <laughs> to get a as manager. Yeah,
0: Donovan really broke Donovan's balls to get the best salary he could get. Seriously, does anyone does anyone see this not ending poorly? The fact that he's not actually going to have his qualifications to the end of the first season. I mean, do you have to be qualified to be a manager? I guess not if you've got because there are who? some managers who let their assistants do all the training. Yeah, and they're just uh, and they motiv- just pick the team and motivate right. and.
3: So who goes? Who goes first?
0: Landon Donovan or Thierry Henry? Thierry Henry? Ooh. Who goes first, Landon Donovan the
2: manager or Landon Donovan the vice president?
0: <laughs> Donovan out. Donovan, I'm afraid I'm sacking you. Oh, no, Donovan. <laughs> Seriously, like, this,
3: uh, it's farcical, mm-hmm. really. It, it, I mean, I know people will say, oh, you have that in CPL with Jimmy Brennan, right? He's a owner and he's the manager and... Like yeah, I, I think there's well, some. Got Peter but isn't he MLS qualified to be a manager, Jimmy Brennan? Hasn't he? He's done some before? coaching. Yeah, he's yeah. done he some coaching. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not it's not total in apples to apples, but yeah. it's close. Um, yeah, but Vermeers is like he's but, sporting director and, and the coach. Yeah, and, the coach. and plus it's funnier to make fun of. Donovan. No, but but he has earned that at least. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, no. As Steve says, it's fun to make fun of Landy oh, cakes. Landy cakes, Landy cakes. Only the second highest scorer in. The <laughs> list. Always worth pointing that out. Thank you, Wando. Yeah. Thank you. But that is it for this week's show. What did What did we learn from tonight's show?
2: I heard. I learned that there's going to be a lot of editing this season, especially every week that Axel Schuster will be brought up.
0: <laughs> um, Remember, uh, Mark DeSantis said I was mature. Yeah. <laughs> He He, to he the whole misses one. the listen. The editing yeah. version. <laughs> um,
3: I. What did I learn? I learned that. Um, yeah, it is gonna. It's gonna be a long,
0: long off season. It is. If there's gonna be a strike, we've got some fun stuff coming up in December, though. I I learned that once again, it's been oh. nice to spend part of my birthday with you guys. Oh, it's your birthday. But already? I don't see any cake or cards. Well, I didn't know it was your birthday. Well. When it hit midnight, it was my birthday. Oh.
3: Happy birthday. No cake or cards. No. Happy birthday, though. Happy birthday, yeah, buddy. Um, one thing I also learned on the show today is uh, I don't like all golden-looking change songs. Oh. You might like the one we've got coming up next week. When
0: you say might, is that sarcastic? No, or? no. Well, you should. You might not understand it. Is it, it German-themed? No. It's called Fear a Welsh Planet. Hashtag Welsh Lives Matter. Okay. They've just got a new video up. It went up yesterday called Jammy Time where they're singing a song outside their favourite local convenience store wearing pyjamas. Is that
3: something people should Google at work? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah okay. they're
0: properly like dressed in their jammies. Okay. And then it's two songs for the price of one, because then they cover Hammer Time by MC Hammer going, Jammy Time! Anyway, I think it is Jammy yeah, Time tuned, now. There, You hit the tune right on the spot. Time. <laughs> <laughs> jammy Time! Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Take care. Morning, the jam. And you can find me at, at Whitecap oh. Speed. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, me at AFT in Canada.
3: Uh, for me, it's at Zachary AM. Yeah,
0: it's very hot in here. Oh, man. I have to take my clothes off. No, no, please don't. I insist. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
7: Going to your first match is an experience you'll never forget.